Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Happy July 1. I don't know about you, but the summer is flying by. We're going to look at a variety of different things today, including the fact that Mother Nature is still kind of reminding folks who's in charge. Areas that were not supposed to get rain overnight receive some rain, some with wind and hail. But we've seen other areas that are dealing with some extreme dry pockets, including parts of western Nebraska. Uh, USMCA, it's official today. But we're going to get more of a perspective kicking it all off with a report that came out yesterday and how the markets continue to see some positive numbers today. Arlen Suderman is joining us from Stonex. And let's talk about yesterday's report. I mean, we still saw some positive numbers in the trade today. Or so are you still kind of taking off of those numbers of yesterday? Yeah, I mean, the numbers show that uh, USDA is probably going to have to reduce its feed usage estimates. So the demand number is going to be coming down for both old crop and new crop likely in next week's uh, WASD report. But the acreage number is significant in two ways. First of all, the fact that we lost 5 million acres, and USDA said there was a couple million acres still not planted when they did their survey, which is done in the first part of June. So it's possible some of those acres will come off. We could end up lower than the 92 million acres. Yeah, so that leaves us more vulnerable to weather problems as they develop or if they develop of significance and that's part of the debate right now uh, the other part of it is that those acres didn't switch to soybeans which typically happens if you're going to lose corn acres you gain soybean acres and it didn't happen not even with cotton acres dropping by a million as we expected we expected those acres to go largely to uh, uh to soybeans except for in the high beans where milo and corn would gain from there that didn't happen so, so both soybeans and corn now are a little bit more vulnerable to a, a weather event. And uh, the funds are, are uh, unwinding their short corn positions, were, which were near last year's record levels coming into this week. And so the question is, will the weather get to the point where it justifies them not only unwinding their short positions, but actually going long and building ownership to take us on a more sustained rally? Or will the weather forecast flip again and uh, go more moderate, supporting uh, good yields as we get into pollination and see them build their short positions once again? And so that's the key question now. So as you had a chance to fully digest 24 plus hours later, did you see any big surprises or some surprises that maybe we should have assumed? Well, that's a very valid question. There's still not a good answer to it, uh, other than the fact that after going through last year and with the financial stresses that are on farmers today, that they simply didn't push as hard to try to get every acre planted and were quicker to take prevent plant. This does assume some higher prevent plant this year. We won't be able to confirm that until we start seeing the FSA numbers and we don't start seeing the FSA numbers for another six or seven weeks until mid-August. Um, so we're going to be a while asking some of those questions before we start to see some verification on it. We did have some some weather issues that have moved in. And we've seen a lot of dry pocket areas as well. And you and I talked a little bit last week about this turning focus to a, a weather-related market. And I guess it's just proof in the pudding that Mother Nature is the one that's still in charge. Well, that's true, and that's always been the biggest factor that farmers face, and it continues to be so going forward. Um, it, it, as we look at the weather better right now, and I think that the storms that we saw move across parts of Nebraska overnight are a great example of this. 
when you get a high pressure building in the central part of the country, you tend to get this overriding moisture storms that come over the top of the high pressure ridge and, and trail down to the south and the east off of the backside of the high pressure. And uh, those can deliver a lot of timely rain, but they're scattered thunderstorms. They're not a focused general rain pattern that we'll oftentimes have in the spring, and the models have trouble picking them up. So the models are generally hot and dry going forward over the next week or two, um, but some forecasters are expecting more of this instability with the Gulf moisture still being open, pulling moisture up into the Midwest, that we will continue to see this. That will leave some areas dry, some areas getting plenty of rain. It's just hard to predict where that will be. We don't totally shut off the moisture typically uh, as until or unless we get a major high pressure, a blocking high pressure over the Midwest that can block that moisture coming up from the Gulf. Historically, that tends to not happen when sea surface temperatures off the West Coast are warm as they are now but as i've been watching over the last 10 days or so those temperatures have been rapidly cooling now they're still above normal in most areas but they are cooling rapidly will this trend continue sometimes this will happen for a week or two and then go back to the way it was that's what we don't know if it continues the way it is then we might get a stronger high pressure in there shut off the moisture supply as we're pollinating the crop and, and that's what the funds who are hold big short positions are worried about right now we have a shortened um trade tomorrow just a half a day and then we head into a three-day holiday weekend can we expect a quiet thursday trade or did i just mess it up by saying the q word <laughs> yeah I, I doubt it's fourth of july holiday period i doubt it'll be quiet uh typically when we come into the fourth that's uh, one of our most volatile times of the year when the trade looks at the weather forecast going into the 4th of July holiday weekend. That last model update late morning, and if it's hot and dry, uh, there'll be buyers. And if it's cool and damp, there'll be sellers. And then they'll look again on Sunday before the market opens up on uh, Sunday evening. And what's the forecast models doing if they're mild and wet? Folks, we come back. We're going to take a look on the livestock front. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman. USMCA, it's officially, uh, today's the day it went into effect. So markets, I didn't hear much talk, just a lot of talk out of D.C. welcoming it. Yeah, and with ag, um, all, all through ag, uh, benefited a great deal of trade with Mexico in particular and some with Canada, more restricted with Canada. Uh, we had the big fight over um, the uh, NAFTA, came up with USMCA, but it really didn't change as much in ag as it did in other sectors. So I think uh, other sectors of the economy probably stand to benefit more than ag. Ag just wanted to be able to maintain the trade that we had, maybe add to it some. And um, so I think that's why the ag traders really weren't paying a lot of attention. Demand... Uh 
from China, what are we going to see when it comes to corn and beans yet this year and into 2021? Well, that's the million-dollar question. Um, we certainly see them buying beans right now and continuing to buy for fall delivery. That's not a surprise. That's what they needed to do anyway. Phase one probably didn't change that at all. To me, the key question continues to be uh, how much corn, wheat, uh, ethanol, distillers grains do they buy? And they have made some purchases of those, but not significant quantities of it. Obviously, they bought a lot of pork and they bought some other products. But to me, the real test is corn and those products. The market, and this is really key right now after the big surprise from acreage reduction from USDA with the weather heating up now, is uh, right now it would take a significant weather event to really have us running short of corn next year, even with the 92 million acres of corn. The question is what happens if China does now suddenly start coming in and buying significant quantities of corn, ethanol, and distillers grains. I don't think the market's priced that in. So suddenly you have a weather threat and unexpected demand. All of a sudden that 3.3 billion bushel carryout could suddenly turn into a 1.5 billion bushel carryout or something less depending on on, uh, the scope of things. And uh, we'd be looking at a totally different dynamic. Will it happen? Well, as we talk to our people in China, we hear chatter about it, we hear rumor about it, we hear interest in it, but we've been hearing that off and on for two years. The question is, and at the policy level in China, will they do it? We know that they're consuming more corn every year than they're producing, um, and that's going to have to stop at some point um, unless they can um, increase their import quotas. Will they do that, or will they say uh, meat prices can simply go up? And that's the question they're going to have to make here and make fairly soon. China's been making the news circuit uh, once again, but this time it's not African swine fever. It's another hog disease. And, and you said you saw it as well today on a major news station, even though it's a disease that's been around for a while. Yeah, it is a disease that's been around for a while, and researchers have been following it since, I think, 2011, and then 2016 started doing some more involved research on it. Um, a research paper was written on it, and a BBC reporter, I believe it was, found that research paper and and uh, wrote about it, and that's spurred all the national news about it now. But it's something that it appears that China is being a little bit more transparent on this than what they were the coronavirus. And uh, thus far, we don't see any evidence of human-to-human transmission. Uh, we are seeing it in people who are taking care of the hogs. So it does appear to be some uh, animal-to-human transmission. But uh, as I said, to this point, no evidence of human-to-human transmission. Certainly something to keep on the radar. And it is more evidence of some of the problems, some of the health problems that continue to emanate from China's food production system. Looking at uh, China once again, uh, blocking, you were telling me um, during the break that blocking more countries when it comes from shipping meat, not good news for folks in China. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, we saw, you know, meat prices go to record levels last winter and then tumble this spring as uh, after the coronavirus uh, restrictions were lifted, a lot of heavy animals, heavy hogs that, you know, slaughterhouses have been closed in China. So all those heavy animals went to market and prices started to go down and farmers got worried they were going to keep going down. They kept on bringing lighter and lighter weight animals. 
uh, to market, and that kept pressuring meat prices. Um, but now that has stopped, and imports are being restricted from a number of different processing plants around the world for various kinds of meat. Uh, if those plants had outbreaks of coronavirus, China has not yet provided any evidence that that is a a risk concern, but they're so afraid of coronavirus that they're doing this, and they're willing to risk higher meat prices, I think because they feel like they have the population under control and don't have to worry about social unrest. All right, Arlen, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, it's stonex.com, our new address, uh, and we're on Twitter, at, and my handle is Arlen. A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.